This is Limit Up, a trading podcast presented by the performance coaches at Top Step. We discuss futures, forex, stocks, options, history, trading psychology. Basically, if you can trade it, we'll try our best to make sense of it. Now, on to the show. Good afternoon and welcome to the Limit Up podcast. I'm Jack. This is Dan. Dan, what's up? Not a whole lot, Jack. How are you? How was your weekend? I am doing just fine. I was out fishing. We caught some lake trout, got one coho salmon, did a little fry. It was a good all-around weekend. Lake trout is one of my all-time favorite fish. Yeah, it They're is. They're a fun little fight. Nice. You drop that spoon down deep. You bring one of those bad boys up, cook it up over the grill. Gosh, nothing tastes better than that, in my opinion. Yeah, we deep fried it. It was pretty pretty magnificent. That's, so that's and you know what? All that food was necessary for me to get amped up about our conversation today. We're going to be talking about when you should be trading futures and Forex and when to trade options because a lot of people out there, I think, dabble in both. We kind of wanted to go over when they both make sense and when maybe they don't make sense. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, there's, mm-hmm. A right, a right, yeah, there's a right tool for every job out there. But first... I thought maybe we'd go and do some weekly takes. Dan, take us away. Dan's got some hot takes going right now. Um, you know, first off, just as a reminder, this is Thursday, but we're recording on Tuesday, Tuesday morning or end of the afternoon, I guess. So by the time this comes out, the Fed has already had their FOMC meeting. We've already heard Jerome Powell talk. We've got some interesting, I'm sure some interesting things come, came out of that uh, that speech. But... We haven't quite heard that yet. So I'm an eternal bull. I love bull markets. um, But every so often, I have to bring out the bear in me. I have to start thinking down. I have to start thinking turnaround. And, you know, this year has been pretty much the idea of meme stocks. That's been the, the conversation everyone's had from Reddit to Facebook to Instagram, you name it, to everywhere I look, they're talking meme stocks. Well, I am not looking meme stocks right now. I am looking S&P 500, and I'm preparing for a little downturn. Um, Ooh, will we get that? Doggy. I don't know, but the bull, the bear is coming out, and I'm looking down, and I have a couple of areas down below. I will tell you exactly what I'm looking at. I'm looking at 41.20 down to 40, 40.50 in the S&Ps. That's my first stop. But now we're gonna get a, we're gonna get some uh, argument. We're probably gonna get some. Some call-outs on this one. But then, once we blow through that, you know, inflation, that's a whole conversation. Um, Once we blow through that, I'm getting a little bit lower. I'm moving way on down. I'm moving down about 3,900 down to 3,750. That's going to be a channel I'm looking for this market to come back to. I kind of agree with you. I got to say, I was just looking up right now. So it looks like uh, one year we're up 36% in the S&P. And remember, it's June. So the market started rising in March. I mean, we're up, up damn <laughs> we're up damn near like since March 23rd. What was the low? Like 2,200 or thereabouts? Thereabouts. Thereabouts. So we're at almost double that. That's insane. That's a lot. It's got to <laughs> come back, right? Well, it's got to regulate. I mean- even the most righteous bull would probably say the S&P 500 isn't going to grow at 30% a year indefinitely. Maybe best case, we kind of slow down, consolidate a little bit. But 
I'm with you, Dan, where there's going to be some catalyst at some point that brings us back at least a little bit. It's crazy to see 100% rally without... I can't even remember what the biggest pullback was along the way. I think one time it, it like dumped back from around 3000 down the 2900 or something. It did and it was and it came back into an area that was almost very we could see it coming. Um mm-hmm. we saw it instantly. It was right back into a moving average. Um basically everyone saw it and was like, "Oh, that makes sense. That's an okay area for this thing to pull back." I think we're heading towards that pullback of eventually it's going to come back harder um, and we're going to be sitting here going, I didn't see that area. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. see, you know, there's no visual down below. There's nothing calling my attention other than just someone's going to catch it and uh, hold us a little bit. But, you know, you're, I'm looking at it right now. We haven't had a significant pullback. And when I say significant, you know, I'm not looking at when was this one? Um, in early May, we pulled back from the highs up by about, let's just call it uh, 4230, and we pulled back to 4032, so a 200-point pullback. I, I think we haven't had a serious pullback since going into October of 2020. We pulled back from 3530 down to 3240, so it was a little bit bigger of a pullback. Um, I think we're going to see much more drastic than that. Um, just with the conversation that's out there fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, I've been wrong. Um, you know, I'm a little small fry here. I am not a market mover. I'm just a market take advantage of her. And um, we'll see what this, uh, this stuff brings us. Yeah, it's not your job as a trader. To, you're not going out there trying to call tops. I think it's more that I feel we're, we've been this holding pattern for a while. Things seem a little fragile. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was, and it's healthy too. I'm not saying it's the end of the world. Now, if you're uh, levered to your chest, they might use a different word on Wall Street bets or whatever, uh, (laughs) then a 10% pullback or something could be a big problem. You got to treat leverage well. Uh, Interesting use of words, Jack. I think that's kind of where we're turning this conversation into, that idea of leverage. Yeah, well, I think that that's a good jumping off point. So today we want to talk, it seems like people who actively trade, they're either involved in uh, futures and Forex, which although different are similar in some ways in that you have a margin account, you're trading things that are levered, that move, there's not, I mean, yeah, there's, there's expiration, but it's not in the same way as how you play like options expiration and how those leak value and things like that. So I thought we'd start by saying, what are the advantages of trading futures or Forex? And I think what you got to look at there is what we just mentioned, leverage, and then it's a partner in crime liquidity. So the great thing about, I have way more experience trading futures than options. What I like about futures is that if you're day trading, it's the best, I think it's the best way to make a directional speculative bet on the markets because you're not, we'll get to options later, but you see people who are trying to bet on directional moves using short duration options. And you're really kind of 
paying a lot of vig as we might call it in uh, Vegas. So Dan, you're more of an options guy, but you trade futures as well. Uh, what are some things that you kind of like about trading futures or Forex? Um, one of my favorite things just about futures, Forex, charting. I, I mm -hmm. love the science of charting. Um, when it comes to the option world, especially my experience, one thing just to be clear, my options experience is not on the retail side. It is on the professional. It is on the institutional side. So I view it a little bit differently. Futures is such a great entry point or Forex is such a great place to get involved in these markets, to start to create that passion, understand the charting, how markets move. I feel much more in tune with the market when I'm watching that futures market versus the options market. With futures, here's what how I look at it. Futures and Forex, that needs to be, you can't come in thinking you're going to be the million dollar trader trading outrights in futures and Forex. Not realistic. No. It's not there. Futures, Forex, day trading, or even, you know, swing trading throughout the week. You need to look at that as, you know, just to be blunt, that's pocket cash in my opinion. Um, that's why we're trading them. We're not trading them to pay every bill. You know, we're using that to pad a little bit to have some extra spending money. That's what futures and Forex really brings in nicely. It's a great segue into the trading world, um, introduces you to opportunities, and you have a quick reward with it too. You're not carrying outright huge futures, outright positions over time. You are looking at them in a short time frame. Maybe you're going to go a week or two. You're really not going to hold them for a month. Maybe every so often, you know, I'll be, I've done it. You know, I did crude a while last year. I had some longs and crudes that I outrights that I held for quite a bit of time. But for the most part, you're not looking at this to sit in these positions for three or four months. You're not looking to roll them over all the time. You're not trading the spread. You're looking at this for the mere fact of, hey, short time frame, you know, excitement, make that money quick, lock that money in, move on to the next one. Um, that's what futures and Forex are going to bring you. And the cool part about it is that term leverage. We get to use leverage. We get to use a little bit of money to trade large sums of money, right? You Let's use crude oil, for example. Barrel crude oil is about $50,000 or where is it at right now, Jack? I don't even know off the top of my head. 70, 72, something like that. So 72 grand um, for a barrel of crude oil right now. Um, and you can trade that with 5,000 bucks. You know, you can open an account, five grand. You can trade a one lot in crude oil. I think that's where margins are at on most of these, uh, most of these right now. And you've got the ability to be engaged with the big players, um, to experience those moves, to be a part of that, to learn the charting, to get involved in what is affecting everyone's daily lives. Like I, I know I vocalized this quite a bit about crude oil. You know, I drive a truck that doesn't get great gas mileage. I watch my whole life I have. I got my first truck when I was 17 years old and I was getting like seven miles to the gallon on that bad boy. It was the hell were lifted. you driving? <laughs> I had a I had a massive lifted Dodge Ram with the Hemi straight pipe dumped underneath the cab. I had an eight inch lift on it. I was running 38 super swampers. Thing was just awful on happen. gas. I got half of that. So <laughs> sounds like a big truck. It was awful on gas. And I remember, and I had a big tank on it. I had a 38-gallon gas tank I had put in that. And, I mean, it was a couple hundred dollars to fill the tank when gas prices were so high. So it's something I've always just personally watched. And that's why I've always loved the crude oil market. Yeah. So I think you hit on what I think, me personally, when I'd be looking at futures of Forex, the shorter the time frame, 
of your trades, I think the more futures make sense. Because although they are leveraged, it's not like you can take moonshot. Uh, most of us, I mean, presumably most of the people listening and myself or the vast majority of people I know don't have the sort of bankrolls or reason to really take a, to make some sort of long-term speculative bet in futures. Because even though you could hold uh, a crude oil for 5,000 or wherever it's worth it, still, if you were going to put on a bunch of them for some bet, you would need a whole lot more money than that, right? And however many futures you want to do, it's actually, that it can get more capitally intensive to use futures the longer your time frame when compared to the stuff you can do with options, but it has its own detriment. So yeah, if I'm just trying the day trade, I'm looking at futures or Forex. I, I think you're spot on. Just so you, you made an interesting point that I want to put a little figure to or a visual for people out there. You know, when you're trading the outright future, doesn't matter how much money you have. Let's just take you're trading one lot. We have $100,000 in that account. You've got room and you've got about 2,000 points of room before you're out of money. Yeah. That's not the style of trading you want to be doing. That's not the kind of risk exposure you want. You are not looking to make 2,000 points. And this is the S&Ps I'm talking about. You have to kind of conceptualize what you're looking for, recognizing how much these markets move. If you're going to take $100,000, you're going to buy a one lot and say, I'm going to double my money. Well, you've got to look for this market to grow 50%. That's a huge return. You can't really expect that. You got to be trading smaller. You got to be thinking a little bit bigger or smaller picture, not just that, where can this thing go? You're not going to put up $100,000 of risk to make $100,000. You're going to use that $100,000 maybe if that's the account. And that's a big account for anyone in the world, really. You know, I mean, 99% of the world, 100 grand to have that in an account, that's a very big account, but you want to grow that slowly. And you can do that really well with futures. You can grow these accounts. Even if it's 5,000, you can still trade them very similar. Similarly, you can grow them over time. And that's the key here is when you're thinking about the outrights, you go back and I'm excited to dive into options here shortly. Um, But when you start trading, it's about small incremental growth. When you're trading outrights, you have full risk exposure. If that market goes against you, and crude oil was a prime example last year, no one ever thought crude oil was going to go negative. Uh, mm-hmm. Brokers, uh, interactive brokers system didn't even allow it to show negative. So you have exponential amount of risk in these. And uh, yeah, eventually the the firms are going to, your brokerage firm may close you out, but you're on the hook for the money lost. They'll let you go into debt a little bit because you're in a margined account. You got to be cognizant of that, thinking about those things. So it's, it, there is a concern you want to have. And then that's where I think options start to get a little bit fun because now yeah. you've got the, because the future is a little chess. You have to monitor your risk through, you know, stop losses and discipline and stuff like that. When you have an open futures position, you can just keep on losing money if, as long as you keep on paying the margin calls. Yep. Um, and I think so as we move into options, I'd say one benefit of options or like maybe the main one is that assuming that, well, this is sort of like a benefit and a bane of options, right? So it's really important to talk about, it's almost two different, and you have a lot more experience in this, but this is my experience trading options, is that 
the buying of options and the selling of options are almost two different products, right? So what I see is a lot of people, so the advantage is if you're buying put or call options, right, to make a directional bet, the advantage is you can't lose more than you put in. It can only go to zero. Plus, if you were so inclined, you can construct absolute moonshot. You can make your own lotto tickets in options by buying way out of the money calls or puts. Now, from a risk management perspective, that's a bad idea because there's a reason why they're so cheap. And it's because there's mathematical models and history that tells us that there's a 99% chance that these are going to end up at zero. So what I think that options are good for from a real t- retail person like me is I think the buying of options can be good for like long-term speculation, like especially if you're talking about like leap options on a company you believe with. I would still do them in the money. I don't have the sort of uh, lever up a little bit that way. But for short-term directional bets, I think it's crazy to trade to buy options because you're giving up so much in terms of the theta. You get crunched on the time. You get crunched on, uh, you know, volatility drops. Uh, You're starting in a hole when you buy a short-dated option betting on a price move that's going to happen within this week or this month or something like that. And that's why most of the pros, and I'll let you talk about what you do, is for like day-to-day sort of trading of things, I exclusively sell hedged, hedged options. So, and I presume that's what you were doing when you were working in options, Dan, right? Just you were selling and then hedging them, right? That's exactly buying or selling options. And we would hedge against the Delta. So, you know, we were position trades. Well, first off, the first thing I want to say before I get too um, off track on that, before I lose my train of, th- train of thought, there's such an interesting thing when it comes to options. So recently, um, I've been trading some equity options. I've been trading some NASDAQ options. And it's very, and I was trying to explain it to a friend of mine. He was watching. We were looking at it. We were trying, I was trying to explain why we were trading the option. And you can look at it in a very short term. And let's just say you buy a call, you buy a put, whatever you're doing, you're doing an outright. You can still trade outrights and options too. Um, You watch the market move. You're watching in a dome, just like you would watch, you know, crude oil, NASDAQ, S&P, gold, whatever. You're watching in a dome. It's up and down. And every ticket moves, you're seeing your profits, you're seeing your loss. And he looked at it and goes, I just don't understand why we're looking at options. Why wouldn't we look at the future where the future makes more money per tick versus the option is, I want to say it was half a tick or it was like half the price or a quarter of the price, whatever it was. So we were making less money in the option than we were in the future. And I go, that's the difference. Option is going to be a longer term play. Mm-hmm. Futures are going to be the short term. If you're trading an outright, you know, a call or a put, if you're doing it like you would trade the future, it makes no difference. You're, it's the same exact approach as trading the future. You're trying to pick direction of the market. You're trying to trade into that direction, go with the flow, make your money and lock in those profits. Now, where I came from, my experience, my growing up was you built large positions of options. When you have a position on, and this is how we would do it, um, treasury options, we would build a large position um, based off of, we we had proprietary software that ran, ran theoreticals based off of volatility. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on the word. All our Greek friends. Oh, yeah. Skew. You ran a skew. And so that's how we based our theoreticals. Once we had our theoreticals, then we got to understand where we stood on our Greeks. And so- 
this is where options to me got really fun was understanding if I'm going to buy a hundred calls, what my delta on a hundred calls is. So this is where futures gets very involved with the option side of things. You get a delta and your delta is based off of if you buy, and this is run through your theoreticals, your delta is based off of if you buy or sell 100 calls or puts. Then you do the quick math to understand what your delta is. Your delta then tells you how many bonds or futures you have to buy or sell against. And the cool part about this is you have multiple different ways to start to make money. You're making money based off of your gamma. You can make money based off your futures position because you're carrying a large futures position. Now, you may be carrying 500 bonds. That's what we would do. You may be carrying 500 bonds. So you think, man, this guy's got a huge bond position. Well, you're hedged because now you have a large options position. That may be 5,000 options that you're holding and you have 500 bonds. And then anytime that market moves, this is where things get really fun, is you can start to trade inside your, you can start to trade inside your position. So you've got your 5,000 options. You've got your 500 bonds. All of a sudden, the bonds are up 10 ticks. Then you get to play the games. That's where you start to make a little bit of lunch money. That's how we used to call it. We used to try and scalp 10, scalp, it's it's an interesting term to use, but we looked at scalping as 10 bonds, 10 ticks. And that's how we would pay for our lunches for the week. And then we'd start to play inside of our positions. Um, But money was truly made for us on a professional side um, based off that gamma. What that gamma was doing, we were trying to trade trade with it, and rarely were we going way outside the money. Most positions were built inside, you know, at the premium or at the money. That's when you're trying to trade the options. Now, from the retail perspective, it gets a little bit different because, Jack, as you know, when it comes to options on the retail perspective, huge number of places you can look. You can buy them through your simple E-Trade account. Um, without looking at an actual brokerage firm. There's different ways to go about it. And then there are some options. Um, You're looking at either, it's a true gamble in the sense of, if you buy this, here's my risk, here is my reward, that's what needs to happen. Yeah. it's good, And they're pretty cut and dry, so it makes it really fun to dabble in. But I think at the end of the day, what you have to recognize, if you're going to trade options, Maybe you're using options to start to hedge your futures trading. I think that's pretty smart. You know, you can buy a couple calls to hedge against your position. I think it's like 10 calls is one future. So you can start to hedge yourself in that. You can start to balance things out. Hey, you know what? If my futures are my money maker and they're not going to go in my favor all the time, how do I protect myself? Well, there's that term insurance, which people love to use as options. Options can be an insurance. Yeah, that's what I love using. Pretty much the only time I'm buying options is for insurance. You're buying for insurance. So then all of a sudden, market goes way against you on your position, on your futures position. Let's just say the fall out of bed and you were long, but because you have insurance, now you're making money on your option and you may have built a little gamma position and now you're making it in. You can start to peel off your futures. You can let your option run. And then you just, it's, that's when, that's, this is where the terms cut your losers, let, let your winners run. I think it's more difficult when it's a, an outright position where you're long one or you're short one. Well, it kind of gets difficult, right? But if yeah. you have insurance and you're hedged a little bit, then all of a sudden you'd go, oh, my futures are the loser right now. Drop that bad boy. Let the option run. 
or you flip it. My option's not looking good right now, but my futures are going. Drop the option, let the futures run. Yeah, I uh, think, and this probably might be common sense, but I'll just say it for the sake of it. If you're if you're doing stuff with hedge positions, just make sure they're in the same account or through the same some way to communicate because, or else you can get if the markets really start moving, you end up. I remember what you know. Say you had a decent day when when I was trading hedge positions, we would have different reports for our futures positions and different reports for our cash bonds positions. And because they were always hedged, they always went the different way. So if you had a large position on it, it'd be like, well, I made 5K today, but uh, I made $300,000 in futures <laughs> and I lost 295000 in uh, cash bonds. And basically, with, just make sure you're doing it in a way that you're not going to get margin. I don't know why one would do that, but make sure that they're communicating like that. Yeah. That's a great point. Also, just something that people should recognize when it comes to options. We talk futures here a lot. So I'm going to use some of the underlying futures that we look at, NASDAQ, S&P, Treasuries. Those are quarterly based futures. Options are not quarterly based. Options are monthlies. And now a couple of years back, about eight years ago or so, they started releasing the weeklies on them as well. So you have a weekly option that you can trade that'll expire every Friday. Then you have the monthly option that'll expire every single month. And then the future expires every quarter. So those are things you want to recognize. And if you have at the money, you know, if you're long at the money options, what those become then when they expire, they become a future. So you want to make sure you're out of that. You don't want to be taking on additional futures unless you're planned for it and prepared for it. Oh, yeah. Just like we talked about one of the most important things when you're getting started in futures or Forex or day trading is to know the product you're trading. And that's especially true with option. I see all these horror stories is before you dare put out an option, do a little more research than like the five true false questions they'll give you on Robinhood before they let you sling AMC puts or calls (laughs) or whatever else, probably calls, because you need to know a little bit about how those are exercised and what you're actually promising. Because if you don't close out the position, you could end up depending on what you buy or sell. You can end up short a bunch of stuff over the weekend because you can get trapped in the weekend too. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say because weeklies will expire on Friday and I like that you use the term exercised. That's what happens when a product or a position you have goes to expiration. It gets exercised. You position closes at, you know, markets close three o'clock or whatever on Friday you think you're flat. You think you have nothing on. All of a sudden, you go, oh, well, you know what? I'm having a little Sunday fun day. I'm not logging in on the open. I'm flat. I know it. I'm good. And then you log in Monday morning and you're, you know, 10 futures against. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait, I was flat. And then you forgot. Oh, wait, I was in the weeklies, not the monthlies. Or I thought I closed out that. Just know what happens. Don't don't get in trouble with the option, people. That, that That's not fun. I... um. What was I thinking about with that? It, it's it's also just some like beginner things. If you're going to dabble in any of these things, I think futures kind of make more sense for a risk management position. But if you get into options, know what you're doing. Don't, please don't go out there and like, especially sell a bunch of like unhedged options. Because if you leave that position open, it's one of those things where it's, it's like shorting a stock, right? You have infinite risk. And those things can move a lot if you're holding it for a while over a weekend or stuff like that. Yeah, that's, you know, buying calls or something, um, or excuse me, selling the call, thing can just continue to go, 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 go. You can get hurt, or excuse me, it's buy the call. Um, buy the put, 
Buying puts. Yeah. I mean, like, well, so so selling calls are the really dangerous ones. Selling puts, whatever. I mean, like, that's a pretty safe position yeah. usually. As, as long as you want what you're going to get, that's a pretty stable one. It's really the selling calls that can get you in all sorts of yeah. deep trouble. For those that aren't option people, call, a call, buying a call is the right to be long. Buying a put is the right to be short. So there are multiple different ways to short a position, long a position. So yeah. Calls are long, shorts are puts, puts are short. So we can, we'll probably talk a whole episode at some point about this, but I think for like the time being, the thing to take away is if you're looking for a product to trade, I think that if you're looking to be an active trader on a short time frame, what we kind of think about as the retail trader, I would say, check out futures, check out Forex, check out something like that. You'll have more control, I'd say, over your position. If you're taking a longer term look, if you're trying to hedge things or uh, do insurance on a portfolio, longer term plays or, you know, selling options for cash flow or something like that, those are great things to use options for, right? So I think it just goes back to the shorter the time frame, the more I like futures. So I, I got a little passionate about options just because that's what I was raised in since I was a little kid, but I'm very active in the futures market as well. I love trading futures. Like I said, I have a passion for charting and trying to understand where these markets are going to go. Trading futures does that, for, helps kind of feed that passion a little bit. So I definitely, definitely recommend um, always trading the future. You know, even the biggest options traders, they're still trading the futures. I agree. I miss trading futures. I think that if I were in a line of work that wasn't so tied to the markets, like right now, I, I trade mostly just option stuff and take longer term bets. But I feel like I get enough of the trading itch from being at work and just being around it. If I was in something else, I'd probably get back into futures because they are fun. They're they're a ton of fun. They're fun to watch. They're fun to be engaged in. And and there's that quick, you know, that quick reward too. That um that little euphoria. We love you know, traders love that euphoria of that quick that quick win, that quick money in their pocket. Even though maybe it's not in your pocket right away. Uh, but you see that when you see those profits coming into the into the game and that, you know, from a trader as a, all traders, that's one of the things I've learned the older I've gotten and the more I do investment too. investments take take some time to make your money. And so you think you got all this money tied up in something and you're waiting three years, or four years, five years, you're not seeing anything yet and you're still waiting. Yeah. Maybe you got in on an early investment and you're waiting for them to IPO or you're waiting for something and you just sit and it gets boring. And then all of a sudden, them futures, even options, you know, you start to get that quick reward and that feels good. And futures provides that. Um, it's just, you gotta have the discipline to control your risk. Yeah. Choose your product that fits you, be disciplined and uh, you put yourself in a good position there. So uh, before we head out, I just wanted to let everyone know that uh, pretty soon at Top Step, we might have... A little something coming up. I won't mention what it is yet, but I can mention that we'll probably run um, a bracket competition for the Olympics, which are on in Japan. It'll be fun watching some of that. And then uh, the last thing is uh, check out Coach T if you're a uh, top step trader. Um, we've seen some real success with that. So the better, the more people we have using it, the better it'll probably get. So we think this could be a good trading tool. So absolutely. It's all on you. I'm done. Peace out. Peace out. So uh, anyway, with that, 
Hope you had a good post-Fed trade because it's Thursday. But otherwise, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Perhaps a guest. Who knows? I'll just tease that as something. Uh, <laughs> we don't we don't have any guest scheduled. I was just about to perhaps. say, do we have someone scheduled that I didn't know about? No, Dan, but perhaps. I know people. I can find some people. So uh, go find your people. It's the weekend. Namaste. Trade well. Limit Up is presented by Top Step and produced by Dante32. Futures and Forex trading contain substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.